Hi, folks. This is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is December 17th, 2020. This is episode 2795 of the Survival Podcast. And I'm calling today's episode, It Has Just Begun. It has just begun. We're gonna we're gonna dive right into this today, and this will be similar, maybe not quite as in your face, maybe more. I don't know. It depends on how I feel as I go through this and what comes to me. But it may be a, a, a very similar in in tone to Tuesday's show, coming from a bit of a different angle, though. So this is Spirico on the top rope, big old Macho Man elbow to the head. As I'm getting ready to shut down for the year, I, I just felt compelled today when I looked at everything that's going on and realized how freaking dumbed down the population has become. Like one more big wake-up call for you to take action. And for some of you, it might be the last kick in the ass you need to really take this seriously. For some of you who have been taking it seriously, it might be the motivational pep talk that you need to just know that what you're doing is the right thing and keep going. And... I really believe that we are at a point right now where we're going to bifurcate as a people. We're going to bifurcate into one group of people, which is going to be the larger group. Exactly what percentage of majority is, I don't know. It could be 60, 70, 80% or more of the people are the obedient slaves I talked about on Tuesday. They are, they are literally embracing compliance and they are turning fear into a virtue. And then the remnant... The rest will be the people that just say, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And, it's, it's, it, and because I'm not going to do this, that means I need to take these other proactive steps in my life. And, and I want to kind of just start out with, I'm going to kind of reiterate the problem with a few bullet points today. And then I'm going to go into the only things that you can do. And I probably need to change that in my bullet points Because there's probably other things you can do, right, than, than, than the things that I have in those bullet points. I, as, I've, as I put them together, I've, I I've just keep adding to them. But they are the only types of things you can do, maybe is a better way to phrase it. But I, I really want you to understand, like, there are the majority of what people are doing that they think of as resistance is actually not resistance. It really isn't. Like, just because you think differently... Does it mean anything if you don't also act differently? Think of it like this way. There's a mob picking up bricks and throwing them at windows in a town. You think it's wrong, but you're there and everybody's looking at you kind of funny and you're afraid they might throw bricks at you if you don't participate. So you pick up bricks and throw them at the window even though you know it's wrong. And even though you believe it's wrong and even though you believe they should stop. Now, in the middle of a mob, you probably don't need to be standing up and saying, hey, y'all stop throwing bricks or I'm going to kick your ass. If you, especially if you're alone and unarmed. Because you're probably going to get stoned to death. But you don't pick up, pick up the brick. You leave. Unfortunately, what's going on right now is a lot of people are metaphorically saying, hey, we shouldn't do this while complying. And I'm not just talking about willful noncompliance. In other words, not wearing your mask when they say to wear a mask. That's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about 
If you're just living your life as though everything is still the way it used to be and things aren't changing and the speed of the change is not accelerating, you're complying. That's what they really want from you. They don't care if your opinion's different. They want you to be part of this, this brave new world that they're coming down with. But you're going to have to do something here that most people don't want to do. You're going to have to face your own soul. That brings us to our quote of the day by Carl Jung. He said, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own souls. And that's a lot of what's going on right now in the world. Rather than face your own fear, rather than stand up to your own fears, people are doing anything, no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own fears. That's what facing your own soul is, is facing your own fear. Last night on Unloose the Goose, we talked about mental health, and it kind of spurred this episode a little bit. And at one point... We were talking about turning off the freaking TV. And Xavier Hawks, like, I stay plugged into the news. And I love Xavier. Don't think this is the, the wrong way or anything. Um, and he said the reason he stays plugged into the news is that if you're doing this, you have to carefully audit yourself all the time. But that humans have energy fields around them. And, and I'll get into that in a second. I agree, they do. And when humans begin to behave a certain way, and you're in a group of humans behaving a certain way, you're actually influenced by those actions and by that energy. And that you have to be aware, not only that it's irrational behavior, but why they're behaving that way, so that you have enough logical uh, things going on in your own mind for self-auditing, so that you can force yourself to not be part of it. Otherwise, you'll get sucked in. And I think there's some validity to that. And I, I, I've... Included it in my uh, my notes of what you can do so that you can still stay informed some. But you do not need to be bathed in it. You do not need to stay plugged into it. About 15 minutes will tell you anything new you need to know if you're switched on to pattern recognition to what they're doing to control people. And, and that's really all that you need to know. And if anything else beyond that happens, somebody will tell you. I promise you. But there is an energy field around humans. And it can create what we call a mob mentality in many ways beyond what you normally think of that with that term. More you think of mob mentality like a lynch mob, right? Or like a, a, a rioting mob or what have you. The concept that humans have energy fields that interact with each other is not something you need to believe in God or spirit or souls or afterlife to accept at all. We are energetic beings. We literally run on electricity. Your entire neural network that controls all the systems of your body is electric. And you can't have something that's electric with electricity flowing through it without having a field around it. Do you, I mean, you understand that, right? This is how an electric motor works. It creates a magnetic field. You always have an electronic resonance field. And this concept that humans influence other humans, not just with their words or their actions, but just simply by being around them and what they do, you don't have to see it to be influenced by it, is a science. And it's a science that goes so far beyond like biology and, and, and neurology and things like that. I was a professional marketer for about a decade before I started TSP. I'd say in some ways I still am today, but... You know, today I market my own show in that I communicate it. When I say I was a professional marketer, I actually developed 
marketing campaigns for major brands. And I'm telling you, the science of humans influencing humans through their actions and their behavior is something every good marketer knows how to harness. It's, it's that real. It's that concrete. And if you don't understand that, it's very hard to understand how you're going to be manipulated in the current world today or how you are being manipulated because it's something you don't see. It's intangible. And the way I explained it last night, and by the way, you should really check out the episode we did last night of Unloose the Goose. It was amazing. I'll link in the show notes for, for, in the show notes for you today with it. I one time was closing on a house, right? I was, I was buying a brand new house. I was in a great mood. So anyway, I, I walk into this, this room to do the, the closing on the house. So again, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm probably at like one of the high points a human can be at because buying a new house is exciting. And this was part of a move and a new life. And it was just, it was a rough thing to get to. And, and now here it is. And I walk in this room and it was like, oh my God, this is a bad place. Like I can't even begin to explain this feeling, but it is the same feeling I think that you would have if you were deep and dark in the woods and some predator was about to kill you. And you didn't hear it or smell it, but you knew it was there. That's another type of uh, energy perception that humans have. It's, it's part of what makes us predator and prey. And what it ended up being is the, 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 the people that were selling the house were getting a divorce, and they had seething hatred for each other. And I could literally feel it in my stomach. So, yes, you are influenced by the emotions and the response of other human beings, and you must be aware of them. And without understanding what's going on, It's almost impossible for you to really separate from it. You can even believe that you are. But much like the person caught up in the crowd who's throwing the brick at the window when they know better and they're actually against it, you're still in the mob. So let's just kind of catch up with how we got where we are and where we are and where we're going. And like I said, today's show is titled, It Has Just Begun. Everything is Accelerating. It's, remember, just it started with 15 days to flatten the curve. Remember that? 15 days to flatten the curve. 15 days. Surely everybody can just stay home for 15 days. I mean, don't you care about grandma? How selfish can you be 15 days? And most people, including me, said, you know what? If it's 15 days, it's 15 days. Okay. Big deal. Well, next thing you know, we're talking about until we have a vaccine, where the lockdowns will have to stay until we have a vaccine. Operation Warp Speed. Hey, wait a minute. Here's three ways to treat this illness that are shown to work, that doctors say works. Shut up. That isn't science. This is science. The way forward is the vaccine. Will you shut up and listen to the real scientist in the room, Dr. Froddy, right, and Bill Gates, right? Bill Gates and Dr. Froddy. Those are the ones we need to be listening to so that we can prevent the COVID from killing grandma. You horrible, horrible beast, you. The vaccine will be here sometime next year. Shut up and wait for the vaccine. Warp speed comes in. We have a vaccine. We have a vaccine in seven months. Never been done before. Amazing. Great. I ain't getting it. Hey, you must all get the vaccine so that we can end this. So it ends for the people that get the vaccine then. No. Once you get the vaccine, you must continue to wear your face muzzle. You must continue to remain in lockdown. You must not go out and about. And we will be doing this till sometime, oh, early 2022. Have you had enough yet? Have you had enough yet? 
So I know I've told you to give up on people, and I have. I have this one vestigial hope. One hope. That when the masses go ahead and line up and get their vaccines, experience their side effects, get through it, most of them won't die, right? And, and they still have to wear their muzzles. And like when we're into March and they've given out millions of vaccines and they're still being told to wear their muzzles and stay home, that at some point the innate humanity in these slumbering zombies will wake up and say, uh-uh, no more. Because it would really take, it would really take about 25% of the people in this country to say, I'm done with this, I don't give a shit, I'm opening my business, shove your mask up your ass and I'm going back to my life. About 25% of people. That's all it would take. And once that happened, it would be 50 overnight. But no, I don't think it's going to happen. That's my only hope for it. But the hope is very, very thin sliver, and it's not one I'm clinging to. It's it's something that I put up as like a, well, you know, if. There's like always this possibility. And you could always win the lottery. Like somebody that listens to this audience will win the lottery at some point just on the law of numbers. But it probably won't be you. That's how I feel about this. But just realize that's that it started with 15 days to flatten the curve. Then it went to, well, we got to stay inside until we get this under control. We can't overload the hospitals. You're going to kill grandma. Then it was, well, we have to have more social distancing. The kids can't go back to school. We have to stay home until we have a vaccine. We have a vaccine, and it doesn't matter. You got to get the vaccine, but you still got to stay home. At that point, if you can't put the stuff together, understand this is not about your safety. You can get on an airplane. And you can fly on an airplane. And they just came out and they said there's almost no risk whatsoever. It's virtually impossible to get COVID on an airplane if everybody wears their masks. But we can't send children to school. right? And you can't go to church. You can't go to church and sit six feet apart from, from family groups. But you can get on an airplane. Sometimes you get on an airplane, I'm just saying, and they pull away from the gate and you sit there for two to three hours before the plane even takes off. And if you're lucky, maybe you get a bag of peanuts and a glass of water. And that's okay. It's virtually impossible, but you can't go to church. If you still think this is about your safety and controlling the spread of a virus with a 99.7% survival rate, you are incapable of being reached at this point, and I'm not even talking to you anymore. You should shut this off. You should never listen to me again because you are literally a human being that I am, incapable, I am incapable of helping. Maybe someday you'll find something on your own to wake up enough to be able to accept this reality. But until you do, I can't help you. I had a guy comment on Tuesday's show that said you used to be kind of a right-winger wing, right winger, but interesting. Now you're a full-blown conspiracy theorist. Well, he didn't point out one thing I said. It was a conspiracy What's a conspiracy? The Great Reset that's on the cover of Time magazine? What's a reset? That they won't let you go out after you have a vaccine while they're saying they won't let you go out after having a vaccine? What's a conspiracy? That there's massive side effects to the vaccine while they say there's mass? I mean, what is the conspiracy here? The conspiracy here is a society that's been so perfectly made into, into automatons that they just obey this, this nonsensical crap. Here's another thing. I just saw this today. It's an older article. It's been around a couple months. But boy, you really need to understand this and how it plays in with what I've been telling you about getting out of the cities. The World Economic Forum is launching an initiative to help cities recover 
from the economic catastrophe that all of this stupidity has caused. Because the virus didn't do this. We did this to ourselves. The idea is we need millions in every city. Millions. This is per city. Millions in New York. Millions in Los Angeles. Millions in you know Seattle. In and around these, these cities. Millions of people to get new skills, to get reskilled into things like technology and coding and computers, because that's where the job opportunities are. Uh, no, they're not. Not currently. Not any time in the foreseeable future, except for what I'm about to drop on you, that a lot of you think I have lost my mind. I haven't. But there isn't, like, if you immediately created tens of millions of new technology specialists, specialists throughout the country, they wouldn't all be able to get jobs. Right? Come on. Anybody's in that sector knows it's, 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 it's competitive. Like, it's a great sector to be in, but it, it's not like there's thousands and millions of empty jobs waiting for you if you get informed on how to do this stuff. There's actually lots of opportunities if you learn coding and stuff like that, mostly that you can do on your own. But when you read the whole article and you look at the salary projections in the Bronx, and the average person going through this program can move from $9,000 a year to $36,000 a year in the Bronx, you, you got to be kidding me. You can't afford to live in a box for that in the Bronx. What are you talking about? You know what they're talking about? They're talking about people that are just smart enough to sit in front of screens and monitor them. Now, why would you need that in a city? Why would you need your cities to have lots of people with rudimentary technical skills in this brave new world that they're building? What would you need them for? I'll tell you what you need them for. For monitoring their fellow drone citizens. I'm telling you, they're going to switch technology on in these cities that are really going to be completely and totally invasive, and you will willingly carry your tracking device called a cell phone with you through them everywhere you go. In fact, you won't be able to do anything in these cities without that phone, and you probably will need some kind of a pass eventually on your phone that they can scan, and they won't even have to scan your phone. You know where you see people like walking up, and they, they like you do it at an airport where your ticket's on your phone? You got a little QR code or something, beep. No, you won't have to do that. No, no way. Not necessary. They'll just be, your phone will, will be ratting you out as you walk around. And if it doesn't tell them that you have what you need to go to a certain place, I mean, you're like a free demolition man. Citizen, not in here. You do not have clearance to go in this store. You think I'm kidding. You think I'm exaggerating. What else would you need millions of new technology people for? Because tell me, that, like, I know some of you are like, ah, well, we do need, like, that's a great skill set, and it's wonderful. Talk to somebody in it and ask them if there's millions of open, available jobs. And they need to do this to save the cities, in their words, because of tax shortfalls. You think? Because people are leaving. The smart ones are leaving. They want to train the dumb ones to be just smart enough to control the dumber ones. Get out. And again, I know that seems like a far, far-fetched thing. It's not, guys. Go read the article for yourself. Look it up on the World Economic Forum. I'm not even linking to it anymore. I'm not doing the work for you anymore. Sorry. Not today anyway. I got a late start. And I'm just tired. I really am. Next up, can we, can we talk for just a second? I, I shouldn't have to say very much on this, but I probably need to say more than I should have to say. What are the logical consequences of turning fear into a virtue? Where does that lead us? when fear becomes a virtue. We have literally made it that people who are the most afraid 
are to be most respected, most admired, and most what we want to, fill in the blank class, be like. What happens when you turn a society into a society that values fear as a virtue? Well, first of all, when you make something virtuous in the eyes of society, you get more of it. So we get a lot more fear. The other thing that happens is when we look to people to be our leaders, to be in charge, the ones that speak of fear are the ones we choose to lead us. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done with it right there. I'm not going to say anymore. All you got to do is look at a picture of masked sheep walking through public streets in open air to understand where making fear a virtue leads us. And what... The, the last thing I'll say on it before I go right past this one. Just think about where we go when we make fear into a virtue. Well, you know what we end up doing? We equate courage to be fear and fear to be courage. And 1984 wasn't supposed to be a fucking guidebook. That is literally what happens. If you make fear into a virtue, you make fear equal courage and courage equal fear. And that's why they can look at you and say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're afraid. Okay. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to go on. How about this next? 3D printing's great. We talked about it yesterday. You know what, though? I'll get my ribeye from a cow. You want to go check out the World Economic Forum where all this freaking, this, this whole concept of the Great Reset's coming from? They got a great article about how we can, you know, we can, we can fix the planet by 3D printing your stakes in a laboratory. Oh, go screw. They're serious about this. This is no longer like some kind of backroom conspiracy talk. This is all up front and in public. Please grasp this now. The reason I'm so animated about this, I want you to take it seriously. Next up, you got to get this here at the end. You can't stop it. You can't fix it. And in spite of how much I'm pleading with you to fully grasp it, you have to accept you can't convince most people of it. I'm telling you right now, you can put together the greatest 15-minute fact-based, logical slideshow presentation, you can deliver it with more professional capability and sales capability than I'm capable of, ten times better. You can sit the average person down, you can show them, you can impeccably source every single claim that you can, you can make them, physically make them with a gun to their head, look up the claims and validate them for themselves, and they still will not be convinced it's happening. And that means you have to be willing to leave them behind. That doesn't mean you don't care about them. If they're family or, or friends or whatever, it doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you won't still be there for them. But you got to get on with getting on. you got to get on with your solutions. If you're using energy to try to drag a person against their will out of being a freaking battery in the damn matrix, you're going to get stuck in the matrix yourself. The idea that you can't go back in once you come out is a lie. If you dick around in there long enough, the, the cord will go back in your brain and you'll become a battery for the machine again. You might even, it might be worse. You know what it is? You're a battery and now you know it.
That's worse than being a battery and not knowing it, and that's worse than unplugging. It's the worst possible thing. To be aware that you're actually laying in a pod of goo with a spike in your head. That is a metaphor for those that take me too literally. But you can't convince most people of it. Please accept that. So what are the things you can do? Strategic relocation. If you have not done so already, I, I, I cannot be more clear. Get out, get out, get out, get out. First couple of these, you're going to be like, he says this all the time. There's a reason. There's a reason I say it all the time. Get out of these cities, especially these flashpoint cities. Whatever you have to do to make it work, do it, or you are going to end up in a place where you have no control over yourself and your property. It is going to happen. The blueprints are laid bare. It is going to occur. It's already in progress. You know, I say to unplug from the media, but turn your TV on. You know what? Here's, the, here's the, all you have to do. Shut your TV off for five days. Don't put it on. Don't go on social media and read stories. Don't do anything to pay attention to what's going on. Literally unplug completely for five days. Then turn on Fox News, CNN, whatever, and look at it. If you do it that way, because I've, I've heard from people so many times over the years that did it. Like, oh, my God. I can't but like, they think it changed. They become convinced it, it couldn't have been like that. Like, three weeks ago when I was watching it, it couldn't have been like that. Yeah, it was. You became conditioned to it. As soon as you look at it without being conditioned to it, you, you can see the control is already in place. You can see how afraid people are and how they think it's a good thing. All you have to do is watch people walk down the street anymore in any major city, and you know that total control is on the way and in progress. So get out. Next, I know I say it all the time, but again, remove your children from the government schools. At this point, the conditioning is becoming absolute. You can't expect that you're going to send a child to a state-run institution for nine hours a day, they're going to wear a mask, sit apart from their friends, not touch each other, not get within six feet of each other, sit behind plexiglass, and not be mentally damaged. As bad as schools were, today it is freaking child abuse to send your kid to these schools. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. It is at this point in these institutions with these extreme controls on children, abuse of children, and if you are sending your kids there, you are abusing your own children through complicity. There is a way out Figure it out. Partner with other parents. Pay a teacher that's out of work to do the supervision. Rotate your kids through different homes. I know some of you have to work. I understand. If your freaking kid was in a building that was on fire, you'd smash the door down and go get them out. And if you came out with third-degree burns on one side of your body, you'd say, what? I don't give a shit. It's my kid. That's the schools. They're destroying the minds of your children at this point and the teachers can't think the teachers can't think I've talked to some people who are teachers in the middle of this and they remind me last night we watched a show about Antarctica and these people that stay through the winter in Antarctica at these bases and they go through four months without the sun 
They can barely go outside. When they do, it's like going out on Mars. And it, by, when it's almost over and they've been there that long, it's called T3 or something like that, they call it. They can't think. And what they say, it sounds stupid, and they, but at least they know it sounds stupid. Here's an example. I love my sister-in-law. I love her. It's my wife's sister. As I said recently, my son and my daughter-in-law have COVID right now. Okay? And they're doing well with it. They, I mean, they're, they're going out like, they're going to go out and look at freaking Christmas lights tonight. And they, you know, they still have some symptoms. Well, that'll kill people, right? I mean, they're going to drive around in their car and their COVID's going to emanate from their car. They better put, you know, they better put masks over their, uh, their, their vents in their car. That's a real thing. That happened. I put a picture out about it. Somebody did that. I'm sure they were protecting themselves inside the car, but you, you see how ridiculous this is, right? But anyway, my, 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 my daughter-in-law comes down with body aches and fever and, and, and what have you. And she gets tested because she, she works in the medical profession. So the doctor she works for tests her. And the next day, my son has the same symptoms. Sunday, the doctor gets the results and calls and says, yeah, you're positive for COVID. Stay home for a couple of weeks before you come back to work. And uh, so they're, they're dealing with this. So my sister-in-law, who's a teacher, asks my wife today, well, did Matthew get tested? Why the hell would he go get tested? She was tested. They live in the same house. They sleep in the same bed. They came down with the same symptoms at the same time. Now, I love her. I would defend her to the death physically if somebody was going to harm her. I don't even blame her for this at this point. And it's not their faults. They've been terrified. They've been conditioned to believe that fear is a virtue. In Chicago right now, they want to send half the teachers back to work that are willing to go back to work. The kids that show up will have teachers. The kids that show up and don't have teachers, they want to hire non-union, this is a problem, right? Non-union, basically, teachers' assistants to make sure the kids, like, don't punch each other in the face and shit while the teacher teaches over online, the ones that have to stay home, and the teachers' unions are totally opposed to this because it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous to their system of control, and it's dangerous to their plan to get rid of their own teachers. The teachers' unions are not your friends' teachers. I know it's hard to think now, But they know that your number needs to be thinned by about 50%. And they're doing this to destroy you because they know all the people in the administrative positions and stuff like that, they're going to survive when you go away. But you can't have your kids in school being educated by people that can't logically process basic things at this point. And it's, I guess, T3 syndrome, like they call it in Antarctica because of being part of this system for so long and being so engrossed in it and so controlled by it. Um, but it's true. I'm sorry, it's true. Next, you need to take control of your privacy. You need to be using a VPN. If nothing else, at least get the Brave browser, and when you're doing your stuff online, use the Tor feature. Just There's a little thing up in the corner. Click it, select, new window with Tor. Protect your identity and what you're doing. Use cryptocurrency. Get involved. When you're doing social media, start creating private groups to do things. Not public groups. Make them invitation only. Please take control of your privacy. Next up, build community. And even with some of the drones, if necessary. Not everybody that's part of your network needs to be awake. If you have a person down the road from you, you know, that, that, that raises pastured beef, they're probably more awake than the average moron, 
but they may be somewhat asleep. They may not be fully switched on. They just may happen to be in the right place to be less controlled, and then they're kind of okay with everybody else being controlled. You don't need to wake them up. You just need to stay on their customer list and make sure that you can buy a cow from them when everybody else is eating a 3D-printed ribeye. Seriously. So, so make sure you're building community. Next, be prepared for shortages. Do not wait any longer. I, I really think the concept some of the, some of the folks are starting to talk about with a cyber pandemic being next is, is le legitimately a threat. Um, I think there's other reasons it's a threat for supply chain shortages. But if you've been one of these kind of preppers, it's like I prepped a little here and I prepped a little there, and I'm, I know I should do more. but uh, No, it is time now during a lull. Because I'm telling you, a lot of you guys, you were, you were emailing me back in March and April freaking out because you couldn't buy wheat berries. Like, what do you, and, and so, I mean, some of you, and this is why I was kind of hard on you. You were people that I knew had been in my audience for like five, six, seven years. What are you doing buying wheat berries in the middle of a pandemic? Really? Now, if you really think that's a good long-term prep, you know what? You can get all the wheat berries you want right now. You know where you get them? Feed store. Wheat is wheat. And most of the big like storage house places and all, they have that in stock now. So you were panicked about it when everybody bought it all. Do you have it now? And then just take that across everything else. Put up the stores you need. Make sure right now, before the end of the year, if you have the means to do it, that you can go 90 days without support if for your basic needs. That was always a good plan. It was always the, the goal that I gave you. But the time where you think you have you know, more time to get there is gone. I think especially in the early spring of this year, I think that we may have this – is, this is not something I know, okay? But I think there's a potential that we may have intentionally caused shortages to create stress to force people into compliance with the vaccines. I really do. This is very important to them that you all, get, all line up and get your shot. And it ain't because they think it stops the virus. And I leave it to you as to what it could be. But I, I will tell you this, too. I have no proof of this. And I think there's a lot of rumor and innuendo around this. And a lot of things that claim to be factual have no basis, in fact, on this. But I think the reason there's so much rumor about it is maybe, just maybe, it's true somewhere in its core. That this vaccine may be very much something that causes sterility. And, and, and the reason I, I, I'm taking more credence with it is these people gaslight everything. Whatever they accuse you of doing is what they're doing. And so today, it kind of can manifest itself differently in a crisis, right? There's articles out today that if you get COVID, it could make you sterile. So you better get your vaccine if you don't want to be sterile. At the same time, we now have, this is like professional scientific recommendations that if you are a female and you're going to get the vaccine, that you do not get pregnant for at least two months after the second dose of the vaccine. Because remember, you're supposed to get two shots, not just one. I, I'm telling you, there, there's something in this entire vaccination plan that's beyond it's a vaccine. And historically, when we have rushed vaccines 
due to medical emergencies, bad things have occurred. All right? Bad things have occurred. So, there we go. Um, next, expect it to be worse than it likely will be. That's kind of the best mental health advice I can give you. Expect that it will be worse than you think it's going to be. Whatever you think is going to happen, take it, you know, 10 degrees past that and say it's going to be that bad. And then be okay with it. Figure out how to be prepared for it to be worse than you expect it to be, for it to be worse than it's likely to be. Figure out how to be okay with it, and then you'll take away your fear. I'm not afraid that it's going to be harder to get a cow because I have a guy down the road that will sell me half a cow anytime I want to buy half a cow. And I have freezers full of meat, and I have generators and gas with backup power to keep my meat frozen for a long time if the power goes out. So I don't have fear. I talked about this last night. Like We, we live in a state of fear because we don't live the way humans were designed to live. We, we, we co-evolved on this planet with this planet to live off of the resources that this planet plans, provides for us. When we created civilization and we disconnected ourselves, because I'm telling you who doesn't care about this right now, An indigenous tribe somewhere in South America running around with a blowgun knocking freaking howler monkeys out of a tree to eat them on a fire with a poison dart frog dart, right? They don't care. They don't care about this. They're not worried about this. And I don't just mean the virus. I mean, they're not worried about COVID lockdowns. They're not worried about whether or not the World Economic Forum is going to force them to eat freaking 3D printed howler monkey. They're not worried about having their wealth destroyed or confiscated. They're just going on with their lives because they're living like real human beings. Now, I'm not opposed to technology and society as a whole, but we, if we're going to separate from a system that provides all that we need and more, then we need to put in reserve all that we need and more. And that's the only way to do away with the fear. We don't prep out of fear. We prep to destroy fear. Next, take yourself, take care of yourself and your family both physically and mentally. Like, I'm a little bit animated today. You might think Jack's about to lose his mind. I am doing this to try to get your attention. I'm in a really good place, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right now. I really am. I'm not really losing my shit. But I know what gets your attention. I've been doing this a long time. I know how to grab you. I know how to emphasize things when it's necessary. I know how to push a button once in a while to make you wake up when you're walking down the street and you're kind of thinking about other things while you're listening to me and you need me to drop one on you. I know how to do it. And that's what I'm doing today, here and there. And I'll probably do it again before it ends. Be, be ready for it. But when you're, you know, when you're, you're observing that little thing on the leaf and you're not really focused on what I'm doing or you're driving and you're thinking about when you get home what you're going to do or you're doing your work while you're listening to me or you're in the gym and you're kind of in a meditative state or you're on a treadmill and you're listening to me or you're taking a walk and you're listening to me, all of those things, right? And, and, and I, I throw these things at you. It's to, it's to grab you. It's to grab you and make you realize I'm serious about this. So don't think it's the way to be all the time. You need to walk around angry and yelling and screaming at people or whatever. I don't do that. Believe it or not. I'm a pretty nice guy in real life. And you need to get yourself physically in good shape. I think another thing that's made my life so much easier going through this year is weighing 60 pounds less than I used to. Being in great physical condition for a guy that's almost 50 years old. right? Looking good and feeling good. And, and physical condition 
is a big part of mental condition. I have a good friend that spent some time with me this year who really let his, his health go a lot um, over the past year and has been dealing with some mental issues. And his, his plan was, well, I'm going to get my, myself mentally right and then I'll get myself physically right. And, and thankfully, more than one person gave him the same advice, which was get your physical condition right and a lot of your mental stuff will come in line. And that's already happening for him. So I'm not saying you, can, you can't be in good physical shape and have, have some mental health issues, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it's much easier to process and deal with them if you're in good physical condition. So take care of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and your family as well. Take time. Pause. Don't think that like because I'm putting urgency in you, that means don't hug your kids as much because you're too busy. Or don't play. Play is one of the most emotionally healthy things that adult human beings can do is play. Seriously. Like Xavier said last night, I really thought it was awesome. He said, don't, he said, I, he'll ne I never miss an opportunity to play Legos with my kids. You know, there's no such thing as too much Legos time. And I think that's, that's an awesome way to look at it. And that's an awesome way to make sure that you are taking care of your family and yourself physically and emotionally. He also says something about your cup of joy that basically every day when you get up in the morning, you have a cup of joy, not your coffee, right? You have this cup of joy, and that's your joy to drink out of all day long. And it's your joy as long as you keep it and don't let somebody take it from you. But if you let somebody take it from you, it's your fault. I think that, again, on this one, listening to what we did last night on Loose the Goose would be a good idea. Um, next, in that same note, I agree that there is value in being aware of what's going on and aware of what people are reacting to and having some knowledge of like news and media, but I don't think you need anything more than an hour of that a day, and I think an hour is too much. You know, I say 5% to 10% of your net worth in silver and gold. 5% is pretty good. Yeah, you know that, but I'll let you have 10. Kind of like that. You can have up to an hour. And I don't know if you should do it one sitting either. But, I mean, really, yes, there's, there's value in awareness, but it's almost impossible to be completely unaware of what's being said anyway anymore. And they're saying the same thing day to day. You could probably get by and have excellent awareness on about an hour to an hour and a half a week. And I don't think there's any harm in going five days without looking at it at all. I, and like I said, I think that's the only way. The only way you can truly see how ridiculous it is. Do You can truly understand how ludicrous it is. You can truly understand it. Fox News is just as bad with different marketing. Is to separate from it and then come back and listen to it and be like, wait a minute. That, that's not what things actually look like at all. You're supposed to be the news. You're telling me what's going on. And you're telling me what you want me to believe, but you're not telling what you're telling me does not match what's actually happening. Or at least you can start to ask, but why? So when they tell you hospitalizations are at an all-time high, well, okay, that means that we should have more people dying than before, but we don't. So we have higher hospital numbers than in a second wave. Now that we're in a so-called third wave, we have more cases in a third wave than a second wave, but less people are dying. And that is the case. Less people are dying. No, they're not. I know what they said. But if you look at the actual raw numbers, especially region by region, there's less deaths. 
More hospitalizations, less deaths. Why? Because the hospitals have switched on to the fact that they get money for COVID patients, and there's plenty of people in the hospitals for COVID that don't need to be in the hospital. Even people that maybe need oxygen or something, like if it was the flu, they would have just given them some, like maybe they would have admitted them for a day, monitor them, okay, you're not going to die, here's some oxygen, go home. Right? I mean, I just watched it with my daughter-in-law's mom. It's exactly what happened. She was in the hospital for seven days. She probably needed to be there for a, two days-ish. But what about the people? Her husband had it already, so there's no... What are we separating? Like, see, you start asking logical questions when you separate from the fear. So get out of the media, man, for a little while. And then when you come back, an hour a day, absolute maximum. And I know some of you are like, that's too much. I agree. I'm, I'm working on getting people, you know, off. I'm, this is the Narcan, right? We've got to get you on Narcan and get you off of the drugs, right? Um, next up, for the love of God, please stop thinking you have any political solutions. False hope is deadly in this situation. It, you can't believe right now that Donald Trump is going to remain your president and that's going to fix things and be emotionally healthy or be behaving like an adult. I completely agree that the Democrats and Dominion voting, etc., at all, stole the election. I completely agree with that. No, I'm not okay with it. However, I am accepting of the fact they're going to get away with it. At near the end of January, creepy, slimy, sleazy China Joe Biden will become the next president of the United States, and your vice president will be Kamala Harris. That is the truth. That is what is going to happen. Period. The end. It's happened already. It's done. And, and the belief that, oh my God, now what? Okay, so all this shit that we've been talking about that happened all year happened while the orange man was president. All the lockdowns happened under Trump. Like, do you, how is this, you know, Fauci stayed in charge of anything, everything, no matter how many times he was wrong under Trump. Fauci was able to wheel himself out while Trump's still president and say, well, you know, it's going to be like 2022. Bill Gates is off being part of all this under Trump. This is bigger than who's in charge. If you think you can fix this with a vote, you are going to be miserable for the rest of your life until you let go of it. And as long as you think, well, we can fix it like this, then you're not doing the things that we're talking about doing on this bullet point list right now. Next, I do think it's really time, in fact, I'm going to be an example of this, that you start looking at, if you haven't already done so, alternative energy for your own personal production. Specifically solar. Solar's gotten stupid cheap, and I do think that you might even see in some areas specifically power rationing in the future, in the near future. We just can't have so many, so much electricity being used because it's dangerous. So, and they already have the technology in place now to throttle your electricity individually. Well, you're using too much today. Let's turn you down a little bit there. So I really think it's time to start looking at alternative energy and specifically solar. Solar is today the cheapest form of energy you can produce. It, it, it is. And, and people want to get mad about that and angry about that because it all gets lumped in politically. I don't do politics when it comes to technology and science. 
I'm one of the few people, I think, in the world today that's still pure when it comes to science and technology. I don't care about anybody's beliefs when it comes to facts. Facts don't have feelings. Facts are not beliefs. Facts are facts. And when you run the numbers, if you want to produce energy, especially you want to produce energy, you can't do it for less than you can do it with solar, especially if you want to be decentralized and have control of it. You, you really can't. So please start looking at that. Um, for the love of God, see the Fenords and gain pattern recognition. I mean, really, some people that I think are really smart people, I still like, I, it dumbfounds me that they don't see the patterns and they don't see the Fenords. So Fenords comes from a thing called Principia Discordia. You can look that up if you want to. But then it was, it was, uh, it was made far more famous in a book called The Illuminatus Trilogy by Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson. And these characters would at some point begin to see the Fenords, and they would run around saying, I see the Fenords, I see the Fenords. And the Fenords, F-N-O-R-D, is how you spell Fenord. The Fenords are pieces of disinformation in plain sight. In other words, if you were a rational thinking being, when you read it or heard it, you would say, well, that's bullshit. But people readily accept it and do not see it. That's Fenord's pattern recognition is, well, this is like that when it comes to information and the modus operandi of these people. Everything they're doing has been done before and will be done again. There's no, they do not switch what they're doing as long as it's working and boy, is it working. Problem, reaction, solution, that's an old pattern. You can see it in this, Right? convincing people that you are the, the, the only person that's big enough and strong enough to fix it for them, that's an old pattern. Using fear to get what you want, that's an old pattern. Blaming somebody else who has nothing to do with the problem you created, that's an old pattern. Literally every news story that comes out, I'm like, well, there's the pattern. If you, and it's not because I'm smart, it's because I let go. Every human being can see pattern. That's why when you walk by a wall switch and it's four switches and one's up, one's down, one's up, one's down, you're like, oh, okay. They're all up, that's fine. They're all down, that's okay. One's up, one's down, two are up. It's not just OCD that makes you, even if you don't really want to fix it, right? But just the fact that you notice it, that's pattern recognition. Because even, even if you don't really care, you notice it. Like, if you're like me, you want to go over to the other side of the room when there's two sets of switches, and obviously what happened is they got out of sync, so I need to flip this one on so that one can go off, and then it'll be balanced again, and it'll look right. Right? That's pattern recognition. When you look at the spirals in a cross-cut section of a log, and you're like, oh, that's cool, that's pattern recognition. When you look at a swing moving back and forth and you appreciate how it's how it's moving that's pattern recognition when you look at a heartbeat on a monitor and even when you're not a doctor you can see an irregularity that's pattern recognition it's all the same and then it changes that's not good that's not what the heart is supposed to do that's pattern recognition just apply it to life apply it to news stories it's news stories here's how you, here's an example every single headline in your news story that ends with comma experts say is probably bullshit. That's the formula. Da-da-da-da-da, experts say. It's so formulaic that it's boring. I mean, you don't even need, like literally people have done this, you don't even need journalists anymore to write the bullshit because it's so formulaic. You can take bots, point them at what's going on in society, 
give them an algorithm, and they can write stories now that sound like they came out of the AP. In fact, many of them probably that come from the AP did come from that. Because using that artificial intelligence to gauge what people are thinking is the way you formulate a story to trigger a reaction. That's marketing 101, by the way. Please see that, because what breaks it is when you see the pattern. It's magic. Okay? It's magic. The, 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 the magician is amazing until you can see him do the trick. Even if you know how the trick is done, if he's so good that you can't see it, you still get caught up in the illusion. Like, oh, I know how this trick is done, but wow, that looked really, like, is that really how he did it? Did he, I mean, I know that's how it's done, but did he have another way to do it? Because I was looking for it, and I didn't see it, right? But when you see the hand move the card underneath, when you see the lady move behind the table and come up on the other side, when you see it, when, he, when the magician makes the mistake, and you actually see the trick being done, there's no amazing trick anymore. The mass magician showed us one time, You know, David Copperfield made like the Statue of Liberty or an island or something disappear. And there were all these people standing there so that you would know that, hey, there can't be a camera trick here. Because these people would tell you. Well, all the people were actors under contract not to tell you. And all they did was move the camera. And there was a guy called the Mass Magician. He had a show for a while that revealed magic. And he said he wanted to make magic better by making magicians have to work harder, by breaking the rule of you don't tell them how the trick's done. But then they showed the trick being done from a distance where you could see it, and there was nothing magical about it because you knew what was happening. Pattern recognition works like that. You cannot be controlled once you see the pattern. Please see the Fenords and see the pattern. Next, produce your own food in some way. It's going to be so critical going forward. And consider including some livestock. I've done a lot on that recently, so I'll let that go so we can get finished. Have a business, a side hustle, something. You're going to have to have some level of ability to create value for others and do business outside their system to have things that they don't want you to have. Because the whole system's about control, and you control people by limiting and throttling what they can have. What do you do to punish a kid if you're, if you're not brutal and you, know, you don't think hitting children is a good idea? You take away things from them. They view you as children. You're not worthy of controlling your own life. They need to do it for you. So, you know, if necessary, they'll beat you with a stick and put you in a cage. But it's easier to take away your allowance or cut your allowance or confine you to your room. See? And then you add to it, they're basically an abusive boyfriend in a relationship, and you can't talk to those other people, and those other people, those other people are telling you bad things about me. You can't listen to them. We have to silence them. We have to turn them off. Let me take your phone away. Let's block all those, those, those pesky friends of yours who keep telling you what a bad guy I am. You can't trust them. You can only trust me. Facebook, Twitter, the media. It's science. That's dangerous disinformation. Come on, guys. See the pattern, like I said in the last one? You, but you, you're going to have to have something of your own. Something you can do that doesn't require them so that you have value to trade with others within these communities we're talking about. Because that's what's going to make these communities function. Is, oh, I know Bill. He's great. I get my X from him, and I sell him my Y. Something. Develop a skill. You know, we talk about things like simple things, like handyman businesses and stuff like that. 
It's going to be important. Next, understand, and I've said this a bunch lately, so again, I'll go quick on this one. You only have a right that you exercise. God does not grant, grant you your rights. Because if you believe in God, then God is all-powerful and almighty. Okay? Great. So if God gave you your rights, who would be able to stand in front of them? Who would be able to deny God? Who, if, if God gave you a right, you, you understand, right? Okay. So I believe that you have rights through your creation, that rights are natural. And if you want to say that comes from God, I agree with you, if that's where you believe your creation lies. I agree with you completely. But God does not make you have a right. You're born with that right. Those are very, very different things. So you, you know, the fact that God's in the equation doesn't really matter in this world. Not from a standpoint of your rights. I have a right not to walk down the street with a mask on. Well, if you put a mask on, where does that leave God? And as soon as you understand that, you realize that much as you don't own property unless you can defend it, you don't own rights unless you can exercise them and defend them. And, and then you realize it's on you to figure out how to defend those rights through their exercise. And you realize that in some instances, you might have to do things strategically to be able to retain your rights. So even, and this is what I mean, you're dealing with criminals. These people are criminals because they do not respect your rights to privacy. They do not respect your right to property. They do not respect your right of self-ownership. And that is the essence of a criminal. A criminal that's a rapist doesn't respect the right of the rape victim to own themselves, and they take it away from them. A criminal who robs somebody of their property doesn't respect the right of property. And a criminal that blackmails and extorts and steals the information of another person doesn't respect that person's right to privacy. And you tell me that the government and these entities that are supporting this move are not doing all of those things in one form or another. Think about what rape really is, and then think about putting a needle in somebody's arm against their will and injecting a substance into their body that they do not want in their body. Think what it means to be a child rapist, and then think about taking that down to children and doing it to children against the wishes of the child and their parents. And it is not equal to sexual rape, but it doesn't make it not a form of rape, does it? To take away somebody's right to their self-ownership and to put something into their body against their will is a form of rape. These people are criminals. And the way that plays into your rights is, if you're walking down a street and you kind of have a shortcut, that goes through kind of an alleyway in a city. And you look down that alley, and there's kind of people standing on both sides of it. And you can kind of tell, like, this is not a good place to go. You have every right to walk down that alley. But if you're situationally aware, you take the longer route. Got me? That's how you have to look at your rights going forward. And next, be the wolf and be the goose. There's many things we can learn from our spirit brother animals. And from the wolf, you know, people talk about the lone wolf. The lone wolf is a myth. The wolf is a pack animal. It's very loyal to its pack. Very loyal to its pack. It respects its elders. 
and it takes care of its young. And woe be to anything that threatens either. Because the alphas that are in their prime will eviscerate anything that attempts to, hand, to harm the elders or the young. Be the wolf. The goose, the goose doesn't give a shit that you're bigger. The goose doesn't give a shit where you want the ghost to live. The goose will build its nest in a pond on a golf course and go out and attack a man with a club in his hand to defend its goslings. The goose doesn't care. The goose is gonna goose. Be the goose. Be the wolf. But use that big ass homo sapien brain you have to do it strategically and smartly in the right place, in the right way. In a world where fear is a virtue, understand that courage creates opportunity. As bad as it is for the courageous, for the strategically courageous, for the people that understand to use wisdom and strategy together with courage, this may be the greatest period of opportunity in human history. We're in a world today where there is so much opportunity for those that think outside of the box. People have been shrieking at you. There's no store of value in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the devil. Get out of Bitcoin. All the people on the TV said, no, don't do this. Many of us started doing it a long time ago. We rode the ups. We rode the downs. I woke up today. Gee, I feel a little bit different feel a little bit like I got some more money. What's going on? Let's turn on the computer. What the hell? That sideways Bitcoin at $19,000 is now $23,460.70 per Bitcoin at the time of this broadcast. Pirate chain that is completely private, untraceable, uncrackable, something that you can hide your wealth in in a way where it cannot be touched or seen and conduct business where it cannot be touched or seen. When we first told you about it, it was trading at six cents. Today it's at 20. By the way, that's a, that's, that's a bigger increase over the same period of time than, than Bitcoin's had. Just saying it's totally private and still very, very affordable. You see, that's an opportunity. Moving counter to the culture that runs on fear. Now, the person that went out and bought, you know, $100,000 worth of Bitcoin with a credit card, that person probably went bankrupt. That's operating in fear in the other direction. Being logical and sane and, hey, you know, this is probably something I should take a look at and, and, and have some portion of what I'm doing involved with. That was an op That's just one. That's just one. People like myself built businesses over the last 10 years in content creation, podcasting, video production, etc. And almost all of them were largely unaffected by the largest financial crisis that man has ever created for himself this year. Why? Because we acted counter to fear. I told somebody recently, it was asking me about how I got where I am. Uh, in fact, it was Sal, who I interviewed yesterday. And he really didn't know my backstory. And when he heard what I walked away from, when I started TSP, he was like, oh, my God, that's a lot to walk away from. 
And all I could think of is, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's a world where most people would have stayed where they were because of fear of what happens if it doesn't work. What happens if this crazy podcast thing doesn't last? What happens? But what happens if it does? We're moving into a society where people are going to act more in fear than they ever had in history. And that is dangerous. Bad things happen when a society turns fear into a virtue. When they turn fear of a race or a religion into a virtue, they try to exterminate that race, don't they? Look at history, if you doubt me. When they trade, change fear, when they t take you know the concept that doing business with people in a real world face-to-face -face is a good thing, and they turn it into a fear of that, we stop doing it. But what opportunity is there for the person still willing to do so? There's so much opportunity coming. And the more you control the opportunity, the more opportunity you have. I didn't say anything that I said today to make you afraid. Not one word of it was designed to make you afraid. It was designed to kick you in the ass and to empower you so that you'll act with courage while others are acting in fear. And I'll have some stuff for you next week before I go to my shutdown. But really, this was the final big message I wanted to give for you, give to you this year. I'll have the expert counsel show tomorrow, but that's not me. That's the expert counsel. This is what I want to leave your 2020 with. An understanding that it's worse than you think, but it's better than you can imagine for those who are willing to do more and to be courageous where others act in fear. And on that note, I'm going to just leave you with a kick-ass song today. It's one I played not too long ago. I'm calling an audible on it again today and going off of John Adams' script because I used his song for today last week because I called an audible back then. But um, this is a song from a movie. And that movie's one of the Rocky movies. I think it was Rocky Three, with uh, Mr. T in it and all. And I think that's probably why the song actually, maybe it had a lot to do with it becoming a hit initially, but it might be why it's underrated. Because it is a fantastically motivational song, but since everybody sees it as kind of like this cheesy Rocky franchise thing, you know, Rocky 5000 or whatever, um... I think it's underrated. It's Eye of the Tiger. But that's what I'm talking about today. Not fear. The Eye of the Tiger. The Eye of the Tiger. See, the tiger doesn't strike until the time's right. The tiger fears nothing, but also doesn't take unnecessary risks because he knows there's hunters in the jungle. But he's totally willing to pull that hunter off the back of an elephant to defend himself or his cubs. It's time for us to start acting like what we really are in America. Americans. American exceptionalism isn't built on our ass-clown circus we call Congress. There is a certain amount of exceptionalism in America, but we've destroyed the understanding of it. The true exceptionalism of America and the idea that became the country that we claim to love is one of rebellion. It's one of insurrection. 
I'm pretty sure King George called the, the uh, founders anarchists, probably more than once. The real spirit of this country is we will overcome because we won't stop, because we won't fear, because we won't shriek away, because we won't be cowards at a time when we need to be brave. There's probably never been a time where we've been as short on bravery as we are today. But there's never been a time where there's been more opportunity for those who will be brave. With that, it's been Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Thank you.